33. By the time that factory opened, Clark had pushed Singer off to England in disgrace. He'd been juggling three different households in New York, all of them with women conveniently called Mary. The grand old man lived out his days in the wigwam, a 115-room palace he built in Paynton. Ruth Brandon. He was always very cold in England and he had special sort of warm coats designed, dark blue velvet lined with yellow satin, that kind of coat. Really, uh, he designed his funeral in the same sort of way. He had three coffins built to his specifications, an inner one, a lead one and a very, very ornate oak outer one. And he had a huge funeral procession. He'd spent money like water and he'd been a great help to the community. I think about 2,000 people followed his cortege. It was the best funeral of his day. The final resting place of America's sewing machine king is Torquay. I have a time machine, but unfortunately it can only travel into the future at a rate of one second per second, which seems slow to the physicists and to the grant committees and even to me. But I managed to get there, time after time, to the next moment and to the next thing is, I can't turn it off. I keep zipping ahead. Well, not zipping. And if I try to get out of this time machine, open the latch, I'll fall into space, unconscious, then desiccated. And I'm pretty sure I'm afraid of that, so I stay inside. There's a window, though. It shows the past. It's like a television or fish tank, but it's never live. It's always over. The fish swim in backward circles. Sometimes it's like a rearview mirror, another chance to see what I'm leaving behind, and sometimes like blackout, all that time wasted sleeping. Myself, age eight, whole head burnt with embarrassment at having lost a library book. Myself lurking in a candled corner expecting to be found charming. Me, holding a rose, though I want to put it down so I can smoke. Me, exploding at my mother who explodes at me because the explosion of some dark star all the way back struck hard at mother's mother's mother. I turn away from the window, anticipating a blow. I thought I'd find myself an old woman by now, traveling so light in time. But I haven't gotten far at all. Strange not to be able to pick up the pace as I'd like. The past is so horribly fast. For example, Zillion, which made its earliest known appearance in writing in 1916, and then in the following couple of decades. Zillion became almost exclusively used in African-American English. Something like 75% of the zillions prior to World War II are found in African-American newspapers and magazines. For instance, um, some of the central figures of the Harlem Renaissance were using this word zillion. In otherwise quite erudite publications, these weren't this, this wasn't uh, uh, just a representation of, of some sort of uh, slang speech. This was actually being used in the literate, highly literate, written tradition of African-American newspapers and magazines as an indefinite hyperbolic numeral. But in those communities, they only used zillion. They didn't use jillion. They didn't use squillion. They didn't use any of the other indefinite hyperbolic numerals. And that's that level of conventionality suggests that 
This is really a word that had entered a lexicon of a speech community. This wasn't just a, a random thing that one person did, because of course it, it happened dozens of times over a, a 20 or 30 year span. 4, 12, 33.